0: Now introducing the Minor Wisdom Trio! Minor Wisdom! Alright, so I have a feeling that some people are listening to this for some different reasons. Uh, But let's cut straight to it. I've got Alicia Green on this week. Um, And... Hold on. Hold on. It's coming up two one. You might be wondering uh, why does it sound different? It's because my mother in law is moving back to Houston and for the third time now, going to be living with us, and so I had to move all of my stuff down to my wife's office, which is a echoey chamber on our first floor with glass French doors that everybody can see me through while I record this. And as I record this, it's 10.51 p.m. And uh, <clears throat> I'm putting all this out there. So let's have a conversation. All right, so I posted um, something on Facebook uh, a couple days ago, a couple days ago? No, yesterday, yesterday as I record this. Yesterday was my last day, and I'm sorry, Alicia, for this being the intro to your episode, but I'm actually, in full disclosure, people are going to listen because it's you, and so here we are. The intro's coming. A good intro. Um, I posted yesterday on Facebook that I left Covenant and that yesterday was my last day. I gave them my notice on Monday that I was leaving. Um, Some reasons are... Uh, personal that will probably never come out um, as to why. And, you know, I told them some of those reasons, but um, there are other reasons too that I don't know if they were contributing factors to maybe some of the, um, there were some medical things, right? So we're not going to get in all those, but um, we'll call them medical things. And uh, I, I decided a while ago, that I don't know if this is right and they know this and the desk job part of that particular job was just not something I really enjoyed. And again, this is not news. I'm not burning a bridge. Um, This is something that I told the boss, I told both bosses and uh, it just, I needed, I needed to get away from a cubicle and to be again, completely transparent when I walked up to that area during my interview and saw that I'd be in a cubicle uh, I immediately had a feeling in my stomach like gosh I don't know it's not that it wasn't I mean it's no offense to anyone it is not a pretty area it's not a nasty area it's not dirty area if anything it can't be dirty because Sean at Covenant the boss uh, does not want you to eat food or really have open drinks uh, up on the second floor, and that's not a knock. I'm just saying it's meant to keep it clean, right? Meant to keep things nice and pretty and tidy, and they were, uh, but it was still a cubicle. It was still like you can go to Ikea and get these things. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that's where they got them or Office Depot or something. But um, uh, I'm not going to get into too many details as to why I left. Uh, Those will come with beverages and private conversations with those people that pay for that stuff for me. Um, but what I can tell you is that uh, you should still use Covenant. They have some really, really phenomenal uh, employees there that uh, are going to help you out and they do really good work. Uh, they have a lot of pride. There's a lot of pride there and that's, that's a good thing. Um, that said, um, it just wasn't a fit for me. It wasn't, it wasn't where I needed to be. What is a fit for me where my heart belongs is the classroom. Uh, and it, it, maybe I was in a little bit of denial that that's the case, that that's where I should be, but it is. Um, and it, it took this opportunity to help me realize that. Now, do I regret leaving a very good, cush, great gig at the John Cooper School? Yeah, I do. Um I you know, but I I I wouldn't have known that this isn't my thing unless I did it, right? So so I had to do it. Uh now I'm going to do contract individual, you know, self-employed labor. And I say labor, but it's not really labor because the thing I I have and I'm going to get into this, but I have so many opportunities and jobs lined up between now and sort of the middle of April. And even some have grown into May, um, thanks to some really good friends. And speaking of good friends, when I posted on Facebook that I left, um, not only were comments made on Facebook, uh, but I have never experienced this before in my life, but my phone like literally blew up. And Shame on me! I posted this right before I was about to mix audio for a production of Anastasia at Class Act Productions tomorrow, or as I record this, tomorrow's the final performance, so not going to try to sell tickets to that one. But, um, and so I got a phone call from somebody that shall remain nameless, and ended up having a long conversation with that person um, about certain things. I started getting people messaging me either via Facebook or uh, privately messaging, if they have my phone number, which everybody should now because it's on Facebook. Thank you, Mel. Uh, I do appreciate that. But I started getting overwhelmed with how many people were contacting me, texting me, messaging me. I had some people call me. Um, I'm going to lunch this week. I have three meetings set up this week that did not exist uh, yesterday uh, at 6 o'clock at night. Um, because I had those people reach out and say, let's talk business. Let's talk how you can help, uh, how you can be a part of something. And that is flattering as fudge. It is, I, I feel like I have a wealth of knowledge that I can offer people and I'm willing to offer people. However, I feel that way. I did not realize other people felt that way. I let a, um, a workshop, I believe it was last year at T Tech, about posture, uh, imposter syndrome. Right? Not posture. Imposter syndrome is a different thing, but imposter syndrome, and uh, there are times when I feel like I have that. I think every human feels like that at some point in their life. But um, this made me feel really, really good. And I've got to say to those people that did reach out, that said, "Hey, this school needs a tech theater teacher. This school." Um, just lost somebody, uh, or, Hey, can you come out to my school to help me do X, Y, and Z, whatever that might be. That just rhymed. Uh, I, it was great. And I appreciate you guys. I appreciate everyone. I'll tell you this. I do have to feed my kids. You know, um, I do have to make sure my family is taken care of. And so I am taking jobs. And I'm going to try to fit jobs in to places where jobs already exist for me, where I've already told an educator, hey, I will help you out. However, I'm also going to help these other people out. Um, And I'm doing that not just because I want to, I want to help people out, but also because I have two beautiful daughters that I don't want to um, experience anything that my dad uh, sort of had experience or that I experienced when my dad uh, lost his job because uh, I remember that well and so I, I just want to make sure that uh, that food is on the table that they're getting you know candy when they want it or when when I think they have earned it whatever but yeah that's that's basically it um, this is a, a long intro for a wonderful wonderful amazing person Alicia Green who I highly recommend for UIL design uh, theatrical design you get Alicia to come out and do workshops uh, with your students and even you as an educator uh, get her to come out she's a wealth of knowledge she is one of the kindest people you will ever meet and I was very excited to have her on it was a long time coming we had scheduled a couple times to chat but uh, it just didn't work out for personal reasons but I finally got her got her in the can so uh, got Alicia Um, you know I don't know how I'm going to record podcasts from here on out with uh, people while I sit across the desk from my wife and in an echoey room that I'm not allowed to put my sound padding on Uh, but whatever I've got this week and then next week I've got Jonathan Dorf who most of you know, and I'll introduce him next week. But um, thank you for listening to this. Uh, Thank you for supporting me and trusting me and those people that reached out uh, so far. I'm still getting people. I had some more people today. So uh, enjoy this week's podcast. Join the Patreon if in the future you want to hear the longer intros or add free, buy a Minor Wisdom shirt. uh, Do all the things. Okay? Okay? All right. Bobby, I hope you're happy, buddy. I hope you're You know, this is all for you.
1: I am a generalist. So I went to school originally to be an actor. And I got tossed back and forth. Uh, So I originally went to North Texas Community College. Northeast Texas Community College. And I was put on stage every time. And you know, played every role that you can imagine. Um, our theater director Douglas Hopick—he um, was called Papa—and I tell the story now uh, to my students when we're auditioning um, that he he would put his feet up on the the chairs and take his shoes off and say, "Okay, there they are. Knock my socks off." And so that that's where I got started. Um, I was there for two years and then transferred to Texas Woman's University. And got to TW and got told, nope, you're not an actor, you're a designer. So my my path changed at that point. Uh, took all of the design classes that I could take. Um, found a love for scenic painting at TW. And um, at the end of my time at TW, I wasn't prepared for what was next. We we just graduated. They worked us until we graduated, and then it was like, well, what do I do now? <laughs> Um so I had a friend that we had kind of gotten close to uh and decided that we needed like an in between. So we we, didn't, we toured I think we looked at five or six uh schools. We went all the way to Georgia, we went up the panhandle. Um somehow along the way to Kansas City or Can- yeah, Kansas State. We we interviewed a lot of different places. Um, we met Steve Strickler at um, Southwestern Oklahoma State University, and as we moved on, I just couldn't stop thinking about that program. And he, I mean he, he said he opened this car door and said, "Get in, I'll I'll drive you around." And we had like a whole day where he was just showing us around town. Um, he took all of my credits at TWU, and I was able to get a second degree in communications from SWOSU um in a year so i just needed an in-between until i could figure out what i wanted to do next um at the end of that year so when i got to weatherford oklahoma um (laughs) he uh, he was there with uh his best friend daryl rodriguez so they were a pair and it happened to be we didn't know at the time it happened to be their last year together um daryl uh moved on after that and i was on stage every show that they had that year uh, and was told again, Oh wait, you're an actress. (laughs) Um, You're not a designer. So then my path got changed again. um, At that point, Um, I was in every show, but I was in all of the design classes. And what I didn't know at the time was every place that I've been at in my career has prepared me for what I do now, you know, 25 years later. Um, So at the end of that year, Um, They hooked us up with um, University of Texas, El Paso at UTEP in El Paso. And I did grad school there. Had a goal to be an actor. (laughs) Got my grad degree in acting. Got to El Paso. And guess what? (laughs) Oh, you're not an actor. (laughs) Um, So then I got into props while I was there. Um, I think I did props at Swosu. Um, but at UTEP, I was there for two years. We were the last uh graduate group that um that they had at UTEP and then they turned into a BFA program. So at the end of my two years there, <laughs> it was like I'm tired of going back and forth. <laughs> I don't have the ego to be an actor. I am mean, like truly, I love it, uh, but I don't have the ego. So at that point decided to separate with my friend that I had, you know, but we'd been together for a while and um got a uh, an internship at the Dallas Theater Center. Um, so that I guess uh at that point I met uh, Maggie Booz. So she was, I think she was after like internship in props after me at Dallas Theater Center. Um so I just got into props professionally. So then I kind of traveled, I did a couple of summers in Colorado with Summerstock and then ended up in Houston uh, at the Alley Theater. I got to the alley theater (laughs) and had another complete life change. (laughs) So it was like every two or three years, my life has kind of changed. Um, Got to the alley theater um, since I was the last to be hired uh, that year, the recession hit and they started doing massive layoffs and I was the, the most recent hire. So I was the first to go. I was at the bottom of the food chain Um, in that time. I met my husband, <laughs> or, well, what would be my husband. I didn't know. Um, at that time, we'd only been going out for like four or five months. <laughs> it's kind of a love story. So I guess at the end of the day, <laughs> my career has been a love story. <laughs> so um, it, I had to make a choice because by May, I had already gotten hired uh, at the Aspen Music Theater as the prop master, and then I got laid off. So I had to go to Aspen (laughs) for the three months, but I didn't have a place to come home to. I didn't have a job. I didn't have a, a home, you know. So I went on to Aspen and it was like, well, life, the world will take care of me, you know, however that happens. And by August, my, um, my boyfriend at the time, had a conversation with me. uh, And I said, what do I do? Like, where do I go? Am I, am I coming back to Houston? Or am I uh, moving on? And uh, like most professional people do. uh, And he said, well, you're coming back to Houston, of course. (laughs) I didn't have a, I didn't have anything. (laughs) Came back to nothing. So I came back to Houston. Uh, Our relationship moved on uh, to the next level <laughs> and um, I started working at Home Depot uh, I worked at Home Depot for nine months I went back to school I have a grad grad degree but I, I couldn't teach um, I went back to school to be a teacher at that point I decided that was the only thing I mean in Houston that I could do um and then my life changed again <laughs> so my life has has had several uh pivotal, turning points (laughs) um I I don't I I think when I was in maybe second grade like kindergarten my mom jokes and says like you're I've always meant to be a teacher but I never went to school to be a teacher I never had at that point absolutely did not think that I was going to get into teaching and it was a it but not a backup, but it was kind of a backup because I didn't want to leave. Like the, I knew that my relationship with, with my husband, future husband was special and it was a once in a lifetime thing. And I, I needed to make a, a really big choice. And so I started, um, started trying to find jobs that entire year, that nine months, I went on 42 interviews. <laughs> um, At some point I met, I'm going to throw out a name. I met Stuart Savage. <laughs> We sat across from each other uh, the year that he started working um, at Carnegie Vanguard. <laughs> so, I've met a whole bunch of people, and like every other theater teacher, every I mean, the theater world is is so small, um, you know. So every time that somebody would come into Home Depot, I would say to them do you have a job? I'm looking to be a theater teacher <laughs> or anything like whatever. Um, and it worked out. Uh, so there was one person that came back, uh, that worked at, I want to say it was Queensbury theater, like in the, in the Houston area. And yeah, said country,
0: that country playhouse probably at the time, but yeah, was, country yes, playhouse. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. It was
1: country playhouse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And, um, she came back and she she needed some paint, and we just started talking, and then she came back a couple of days later and gave me her card and said, um, "I want to say this was on a Monday, uh, and I was working the late shift." And she gave me her card and said, "They need a technical director at Saint Pius the Tenth High School this week. School starts this week. Call, uh, you know, the principal." Um, on my lunch break, <laughs> I had my sister get into my Google and type up you know uh, change some things and type up a cover letter I sent it on Monday I got called on Tuesday I was hired on Wednesday and I started school on Thursday <laughs> so yeah um so then my life changed again <laughs> um so I was there for three years that um, it was time to move on um, I was at milby High School that was my first public uh teaching position um i was the technical theater director at st pius 10th and then moved on to be the head theater director at milby high school and i was um if you're in houston you know like there was a bond um around 2013 or so 2014 and there were a slew of schools that they were renovating milby was one of them Um, My first year was the last year that they were at the actual, like the original campus. And then they made the entire campus go to Jones High School. And we were there for two years, um, along with like two other schools. So it was an interesting time. (laughs) It was like every year was we were at a different campus. Um, In that time, um, there was a principal that reached out to me and asked if I could be, uh, if I could come in and do a scenic painting and an acting workshop for their, their kids. It was like an early college that, or not early college, but they, they, they went if they had like an extenuating circumstance and they went to this, the school, their fine arts were only in the summer. So my principal tells me I'll, I'll sign off on this, but I'm sure that I won't see you again. (laughs) I don't want you to go (laughs) because you're going to see the other side or whatever it was. And I was like, no, 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 that's not it. That's exactly what happened. So, <laughs> um, and I got courted by uh, a friend of mine. She was at Goose Creek Memorial and she, um, she, uh, it, it took some convincing cause I didn't want to leave and Milby was home and it took some convincing and she needed a technical theater director. And so by the end of the summer, she had convinced me, um, to make the big move. And so then I was at Goose Creek Memorial for five years. Um, at that point, then my life took another turn, um, and decided, um, so three years into that she left and I moved up into the head position and five years, uh, later, um, I moved to temple. Um, and this is where the story gets, um, it's kind of hard, hard to talk about, but is like you said, is, is something that we all need to talk about. Um, we had gone through COVID, um, I think 2020 was my first year as head director. So I had two years, the year of COVID and then the year after um, the year of masks. And um, at that point I needed a change and uh, my family was going through a change and um, it's a kind of major mental health issues within the family. So we decided um, to reach out and um, I got hired at Temple High School. And what I did not realize um, in that I was only there until January. Um, but what I didn't realize was how much turmoil would happen at home, and how stressful that move would be for family. And in January, I had to step down, and I had to I had to resign. Um, at that point, I was having. I mean, it's another pivotal, life-changing moment. Um, I had family member, immediate family members that were going through some mental health crisis, and then with the stress of the job, I in turn was going through a mental health crisis, and um, I had to make a, a, a drastic change um, before something drastic happened. Uh, to be honest, and I know that there are a lot of people in our our line of work um that have stepped away. So at that point, um, you know, with the support of my husband, I made the choice at the moment that I was gonna look elsewhere and that I wasn't gonna teach anymore. Um that it was that bad. And um so I was talking to a friend um in the area and we were kind of um she was she's thinking about retiring. So we were going back and forth. Um, having this conversation but I wasn't sure if I was going to continue teaching or not so fast forward to March um, so I'm trying to I'm having interviews outside of teaching uh, which is difficult you know to to go through (laughs) because it's like I'm looking at my resume what what have I done for the last 24 years of my life 25 years of my life is just teaching so how do I reword that you know um, to make it look uh appeasing to um the real world outside of education um or or I'm questioning what else can I do like I man I'm a great scenic painter I can do props like you know and puppets like nobody's business but you know what else can I do in corporate America so um at that point I got a a text message from the principal at Rogers High School (laughs) and he says I hear you're off contract and I said, yep, sure am. And he said, um, can you come in? I might have a position open. Uh, so that was on Monday. So here we go again. <laughs> Tuesday, get another text message uh, that says, I might need you earlier than I thought. Because originally he was saying that maybe if something had happened, that maybe it was after bi-district. Then he called the next day and said, it seems to be moving a little faster, whatever was going on. Um, with the theater teacher that they had. Um, it's, it's going a little faster than we thought. By Friday, I was signing a contract. That was the Friday before their district contest on Tuesday. So I came in on Saturday. Um, actually, that's I signed the contract on Friday, and then Monday, they had to have an emergency like school board meeting, um, so I could be a, a full- time employee for UIL called Paula and was like, Oh, what do I do? (laughs) And, uh, Saturday rolled around. We were having a, having a rehearsal Monday. We had, um, tech, um, and Mark Piquel was our contest manager and he helped, you know, as much as, as much as he could. And then Tuesday we were there for contests (laughs) and the kids, uh, seemed like, man, it's like, you have been here this whole time. And we were, we did, or what I stepped into was August Osage County. And it was like, there's a reason why I haven't directed this play, uh, you know, <laughs> up until this point in my life, like, it's so, it's so close to my own life. Uh, and so it was so natural. It just seems so natural. Like, I knew these people, I knew, you know, um, and uh, whatever they had done up to that point, I could get them to the finish line. Um, I think we were, it was one point away from being a really cool story. <laughs> <laughs> we were alternate um you know to district uh but at that point after the tears I mean like it was that was a hard loss um going home I didn't know these kids I meant like I had known them for three days um but it felt like I had known them forever and uh, they asked me to stay uh I had an interview a couple months later just to have make it official but they asked me to stay and it's like family uh I'm, I know that Rogers has uh, a really big legacy, <laughs> um, a long line of directors, um, state directors. So last year was my first official, official year, and which I think is probably the reason why I'm sitting in front of you uh, right now. <laughs> uh, so last year, we it was the first time I've been doing theatrical design, I want to say, for the last six years. And when I when I came to GCM uh, at Goose Creek uh, was the first time that I started doing theatrical design. And last year at Rogers, it was they had never heard about theatrical design at all. Uh, so when I when I came on, I told them, "Oh, you're going to get to state, like because I'm here. I'm not, you know me. I'm not a I'm a humble person. <laughs> I'm not cocky, uh, except when it comes to that. <laughs> that is my theatrical design is my wheelhouse." Um, oh. I love, love, love this contest. And uh, my principal laughed at me and kind of rolled his eyes and said, okay, you know. Um, so we we found out that we had um, nine competitors that were state qualifiers for the first time in Rogers' history. And when we got to state, um, we had six state medalists. And at the end of the day, um, what, two weeks after state theatrical design, Paula calls and says, you are a second runner up, uh, for the entire state. So that's why I'm sitting in front of you. <laughs> so that's my story.
0: Yeah. I don't, I don't know if that's why you're sitting in front of me, but that well, definitely, yeah, it definitely <laughs> helps. It definitely helps the situation because you, you and I met doing TXCTA it stuff. Is. Yeah.
1: Yeah, let's yeah. sprinkle some other things in there. I was, uh, we were co-exhibit chair, I guess, yeah, for right. like five or six years. Yeah,
0: for a while. Yeah. Um But uh, yeah, that's that's how you and I met. So uh, first of all, I appreciate the honesty and 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 your your you know being kind of vulnerable about the uh, the details you shared about the temple situation. You don't need to go into more details, but you know, I do kind of want to unpack the. The world of if you don't mind the world of kind of you know burnout's an easy way to put it but it's not just burnout I feel like that's kind of an elementary way to describe uh what really is happening because it happened to my wife it happened to me um you know I'm sitting in a at a company now I'm not in the in the classroom uh, my wife same thing it's just one of those now that said and I've said this to my current boss and it's not a secret and he actually listens to this podcast but you know I will f- I will find my way back to the classroom it's not something I'm done with uh at all it's just you are some- a feature of heart right yes. yes and it's it's just something I need a break from whereas my if you talk to my wife she's done she's not done she's not done um but if she you know she'll tell you that so but I say all that to say that you know in my mind the issue has not ever been really we address it you know you and i the the people in our situations but there's only so high excuse me so high on the food chain we can go to get it really addressed right and actually get to the root of the problem now politics aside i have a feeling i know why there are some issues in our school systems in at least the state of texas however um I, I would love to know from you and I, again I don't want you to get yourself in trouble um, yes. but you know what you think is kind of the root or the core or whatever other hyperbole you want to put on it uh, of kind of why all of the past maybe two three years we have made our voices heard and you and I are both friends with Mel Edwards you know uh-huh. we you know she's another, person yep. on that side you know there are quite a few rather influential and, and definitely tech and design directors um mm-hmm. what what do you think if we're just kind of his, his here you know hitting the ping pong back uh, back and forth what do you think is kind of one of the reasons for something like this right now
1: I think um I think it's twofold um part of I think Mel talks about how there aren't? Uh, how do I say this? Um, I'm okay. I'm a generalist, so I know a little bit about everything. I can have a conversation about things, but I'm not an expert in a lot of things, and that's not a negative thing. I don't. I don't see it as that. Um, we as theater teachers have to know a little bit about about everything, and sometimes we are two steps, 10 steps ahead of the kids, sometimes we're a step behind, depending on where we are, Um, or if they're teaching us, or we're, you know, just learning whatever it is, the class period before, Um, and, and that's not a bad thing, that's just where we're at, and I didn't go to school, I don't have an MFA in construction. I didn't go to school and she doesn't either. Like she, she did cabinets, I think, which is great. You know, that's awesome. Uh, that's not my background. I I've taken several technical director positions because there was a need. And like at Milby, I taught tech at St. Pius. I taught tech, but it was two totally different experiences. So by the time I got to Temple, what they needed was an actual technical director. And I, I wasn't, that wasn't me. Um, And I didn't realize that until after I got there. Um, And I I don't think there's any shame in that to say that the job that I accepted wasn't, um, wasn't, I wasn't qualified for. At, At the end of the day, what they needed was not something that I could give 100%. And I think when you go into an interview for one, you know, they ask you about strengths, it's people don't want to talk about their weaknesses, you don't talk about weaknesses in interviews, you know, um, it's hard for me, because I am honest about where I'm at. So especially with that particular job, I'm going for something that is at at looking in retrospect, looking in hindsight is just out of my reach. I can get there. But I one hundred and I could have gotten there. I think one hundred percent. Like in my situation, coming after COVID, like and the mental health that I deal with, and the mental health that my son was dealing with, that just it blew up. I mean, and and the move, and on top of that, then and that year I was starting grad school again. <laughs> I I started like an online MFA program, so I, I was just like it was too much. Um, so I think like part of it to answer the original question, part of it is I didn't go to school for that. So I'm being, I'm, my experience on my resume is so sprinkled that it's not that particular type of program needs a technical director and, and possibly because they do so much, they need a, a shop foreman. And it's not, it's not the way that that program was running they're very successful and they continue to be successful um they don't have the money to i mean they have money but you know what i'm saying they don't have the resources the to to have two people in that job that that job is one person that's being expected to do two or three people's jobs and i think overall that's part of the problem is that i mean so that's the second part of why i think is you know what's wrong right now is yeah. that there's so much burnout that I like personally I can't I know that other people are like this. Like we're expected to give one hundred percent one hundred and twenty five percent of ourselves at all times. And then we come home to families yeah. and then expected to to be who you are at home. And whether I'm mean, I'm sure I don't know what the what the data would be, but I'm sure that we have high divorce rates as teachers or as theater people, you know, and not just like in education, but in professional theater world, I'm sure there's a high divorce rate because you have to find someone that is so supportive of your lifestyle. It's a lifestyle. It's not, it's not just a career. It's not just a job. And I've had jobs or I have been at five different places and each of them have their own needs and I am the expert at the end of the day and I'm supposed to know all the things. So if I don't know, I have to go home and learn it because that's not what they're paying me to do, but also, you know, or go to training or go, you know, whatever, but then also you know, I've got family load that I have to put it on the doorstep and leave it outside and I'm not that type of person. I mean, like, I can't do, it's hard. I haven't figured that out yet. You know, I mean, like I'm getting better, but you know,
0: yeah. Hard. Yeah. I mean, uh, I'm going through a little bit of that right now with, um, with, uh, somebody I work with about like at no fault of theirs, they don't have children. And so Mm -hmm. the, the, when I say, Hey, I'm not available because I have like, for instance, soccer practice, yep. I, I'm, I've made it a goal as a father to be as present as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. And if something is in the way that I deem, um, not very important, uh, meaning like going somewhere and, you know, making sure a light is on, <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm going to go to soccer practice, but, um, you know, those types of things. And it's just, Explaining to people that, that don't necessarily have the strong family life that it sounds like, uh, you not only have, but also you still seem to want to grow, right. Right. Or, or or get, get better or make better. Um, to explain that to somebody that, uh, doesn't necessarily have that again, no fault of their own. Um, it's tough unless you're just kind of in the middle of it. Um, but
1: yeah, I mean, there's a lot of theater teachers that I know that have, um, they bring their kids to work. Yeah. Um, I did too. I do. Um, it's hard because then your babies want. Uh, that's. A, I mean, that's a boundary that you have to set, yeah. and and that's a boundary you have to you have to go through to figure out that that's a boundary. Yeah.
0: Um.
1: You know, I've been at places where, like, my my oldest child, he he was just at an age where he didn't want. I think. I mean, to be candid about it, I, he said he didn't want to be around the theater kids because they take my side. Yeah you know because he sees that they love me just like he loves me but it's in a different way you know they're not my kids and that that also i want to be honest like emotionally as a theater person it's hard to put everything i was just having this conversation with another theater director like two two or three days ago about a kid that was have like a full ride scholarship to a theater school which was very rare at at txeta um a couple of weeks ago he got a full ride scholarship and this kid is kind of on the fence about it about whether he's gonna go and the theater director was like oh you're going <laughs> like you need to go to this that's, that's a rare thing you know to give a full ride scholarship especially for theater You're that good. And he's got his own personal. And that's what I was saying. Like that kid has his own personal reasons and you support that student. But at the end of the day, like after this fifth school that I've been at, I have to I have that's where the boundary has to be. Because emotionally, I have been in those places where that kid uh, or those those kids, you know, that become friends later in life that it's like I'm so invested in their lives you know their choices I have to remind myself I'm not their parent at the end of the day and I think that's also not draining that's not the word but I'm, it's just like just to realize they rely on you for yeah. so many things and we see their them more than we see our own families they see us more than they see their own families so naturally we're going to you know, vibe with these people or we're going to have this relationship with these people or these little people. And, um, they're not ours at the end of the day. They're going to make their own choices and they're going to do their own thing.
0: You know, you, you mentioned the, uh, you mentioned that, that like your son can see these kids or these, these students that aren't necessarily that much older or younger in some cases, you know, uh, are feeling a certain way about his mom. And, and Uh I, I understand that. And, uh, it's, it's funny because coming from the adult side, the the teacher slash the parent, you, you know, I get, I get, um, uh, personally proud of my daughters for small things, you Uh know, the, the small achievements, right. But that's not to say that when we're proud of our students, it's, Less than it's the same pride. It's the same amount of you still feel that same feeling. It's mm-hmm. just you don't feel it for like like a couple of days ago, uh just seeing my youngest daughter like kind of get her fashion together, right? <laughs> and like figure that out, okay. Made me proud. I was just like, That's so cute and so cool and I was so happy and it kinda like got me kind of like, that's
1: something to be proud about.
0: <laughs> yeah. So yeah. <laughs> uh Cause her, she didn't get that from her dad, but, um, but I mean like, th- that's a small thing. I don't know if I would feel that same way for a student, but like when that student, like you said, gets a scholarship or, uh, ends their time with you with something that's big, uh, gets a goal or achieves a goal that they, that they've been striving for. You still feel that same mm-hmm. proud parent type feeling. Um, and, and it's
1: like that on the other side too. Yeah. I mean, like, um, you know, if they're making choices that you're like, oh, I wish yeah. you would Disappointment. You know? <laughs> yeah, right. And that, and a lot of times from what I, from the relationships that I've had with some of the students, it's like sometimes that's even bigger than that. Oh. Disappointment, you know, is bigger than if their parents had, had that. I mean, they're, maybe their parents have been saying the same thing, you know, I mean, it's just like when we take our kids to clinics, it's like, ah, I've been saying that yeah. this entire time, you yeah. know, so, Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, you you've never said that before. Yes, right. I, yes, actually, <laughs> no, I, I, have. I have
1: I have my all these notes <laughs>
0: twelve times in my yellow notepad. I've actually written written it down. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, that's pretty funny. So you know, you never mentioned uh, high school or or like your time oh. in in that. Did, I, I'm assuming because of where you ended up going to college initially, and then ending up in UTEP and Texas. You know, all the, that. Yeah. you're you were a Texan.
1: Yes. Okay.
0: Uh, yeah, so were I've you raised a, in the one-act play world?
1: Um. So I'm, I'm every, yeah, I've had lots of like every two or three years, my life like completely changes. So that I've just kind of gotten used to it, I guess. Uh, When I was, I guess the, the day or two, the weekend right after my freshman year ended, my mom pulls up in the driveway with this huge U-Haul and says, we're moving by the end of the day. You'll, you'll say goodbye to your friends. Um, We moved from, so I grew up in Mesquite and um, went to North Mesquite High School freshman year. And then my parents moved us to Sims, Texas, um, which is halfway between Mount Pleasant, Texas and, and Texarkana. So I was a, I stuck out like sore thumb. Like I'm from Texas, but oof. Uh, I was not. I was the city girl in the one A two A, in the middle of. I think they have a flashing light and and a post office <laughs> and a school. That's all combined with the elementary, middle school, and high school are all on the same campus. So I graduated from James Bowie High School uh, in Sims, and I was. I wouldn't call that home. I mean, like love them to death. <laughs> I wouldn't call it home. I, w- I was a city girl in the wrong spot. So I think now I was like looking back, I, could, I think that's why I kind of fit in with the Rogers area because I'm, I have a little bit of both, like a background that goes back to my generalist. Like I've been everywhere <laughs> around Texas anyway. So I just kind of traveled every two or three years. I was somewhere else.
0: So, uh, good. Yeah. I, I mean, Oh, of-
1: that's a, sorry i didn't answer your question uh <laughs> well you did you said well you, right, yeah, yeah did, when played, the one i play thing yeah so i moved and sorry uh, i moved and they um they gave me an op- okay so this is the story that i tell everybody uh in class um especially kids that i've never seen before so they gave me an option um accounting or theater like i had to have an elective my sophomore year and i'm really bad at math and so accounting was not the way I was going to go uh, but I was super shy I mean like very very shy one of those kids that doesn't talk during school and would talk my mom's ear off when I would get home so I got um at that well, I think we had four or five, five kids in one act class there was one theater class it was so small and it was the English teacher that taught theater and Spanish and they were going to, I think we had three seniors and me, a sophomore, and another junior. And when the three seniors graduated that year, they were going to do away with the theater department, or the department, the theater class at James Bowie. And we rallied together and we we talked to the principal, uh, begged the principal, please, if we get signatures, can you please have this class next year? And we had like 25 kids in the next the next year. So they kept it. And I heard this last year, um, they, they advanced to by district They, they have picked it back up and it kept going. So, yeah.
0: So I want you to thank you for saying that. Cause you know, well, also I guess I'm going to, we're going, we're Benjamin buttoning this, uh, this interview. <laughs> yes. So go when first. did wh- you sort of loosely mentioned kind of when you, sort of got bit, I guess, by the bug. But when like mm-hmm. when was it that you knew that like I really want to do this theater thing? It really seems kind of fun.
1: So that's been a couple of times in life. So <laughs> I was a sophomore, yeah. Today, a,
0: sophomore, yeah.
1: <laughs> right, a sophomore in high school. And um I think that first year, um I mean because I'm a bigger girl um or a bigger lady uh or at the time. Um I got, I'm in like typecast. I was the mom. I was the grandma. I was Santa that year for Christmas. I was Santa in the play. And then, so that next, uh, so for one act, because we only did two shows, it was a Christmas show and one act, we did Gloria Mundi, and I played this crazy lady, or well, this lady that um, she was in a mental institution and uh, I've just spouted off facts um, the entire show and sat on stage the entire time and could be as kooky and as wild as I could be and I loved it. <laughs> I I mean like super shy and then all of a sudden I could be somebody else. I could be like whatever I didn't like about myself, I could change it. Or you know, so at that point that's that's really when I was, you know, hit hit by the bug, right. <laughs> bitten by the bug. Um so then I went to uh, I got a I mean, even though it was community college, I still got a full ride scholarship to, to Northeast Texas Community College. And I was in every show that they they had that year or the two years that I was there. So it was, I was in Lost in Yonkers. I was in Arsenic and Old Lace. Like it was just fun, fun characters. I mean, I went back and forth like Lost in Yonkers was one of my favorite. I mean, like being grandma was, Oh, it was so fun. Um, but in like an emotional way, I don't know. She was like, She's kind of nasty and mean, but um, I guess that's where I got bit and then just kind of got tossed around back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh so then what bit you about theatrical design? Like why why are you so passionate about so
1: passionate about it? Oh yeah. man. Um, I want to say when I was at UTEP, I took a script analysis class and in grad school, and that I'm not a very big reader. Um so, um, I realized when I was an adult that I've like looking back, man, I have ADHD, like really bad. And, um, I should have, I don't think they had the resources when I, when we were growing up that they have now. So i probably totally 100% would have been on 504, um, you know, to help me out. <laughs> but, I was, but because everybody thought I was smart because I was quiet. Um, they didn't know that I was struggling, you know? So when I got to grad school, it was whatever that, the professor, the way that he, um, the way that he set up script analysis, like really, I don't know, it was a repetitive nature of it. And it was uh, the particular book. Um, oh, I can't remember. It's like script analysis for actors, designers, and directors. And it asks different questions, but it's the same question like over and over And the entire, every chapter is like comes to the same conclusion. So you can get the seed of the play and that, class just lit my brain on fire I don't know I' mean like in a I'm not a dramaturge but script analysis in particular I just really really got and when we got to um I guess that first year that I did prof- um sorry uh, i did theatrical design um was cats <laughs> uh, but, um I actually had a conversation with an eighth grader today we had a workshop with daniel gamble he came to our our yeah. school today and on the way out this oh, poor child was talking about how love how wonderful she thought cats was <laughs> and i'm like get out of my face <laughs> i love you boys
0: yeah.
1: um oh that year was bad uh and i didn't know what i was doing it was the first year i only have one kid that was doing uh doing theatrical design And, um, I mean, it didn't get anywhere, Uh, you know, we got our notes and, you know, whatever. Um, then I moved on to GCM and had maybe four or five other kids. Um, we still didn't, had no, no qualifiers, nothing like it didn't go anywhere and something just clicked. Um, I, I met Rachel Gomez. Oh, the next year, it was the next year. Um, I want to say it was at TXETA when we were at Galveston before we went to, Dallas for a while, but um, I met Rachel Gomez, and she is like a kindred spirit, and she's got a cool vibe. And I met her; I was helping, you know, uh, at in the exhibit hall, and we were putting up all of the um, all of last year's winners uh, or the previous year's winners, and we just got to talking, and it was just like, man, I I need. I'm looking at this all wrong. I, you know, it's the, it's about the, the seed it's about that. I'm reminded of grad school. It's about the the justification paper. And, you know, so that next year we had, uh, I want to say six, we had a group that got to, um, nope, that's a lie. That was the year after um, we, we had five or six that got to state that year. Um, and then at that point we I want to say this when we, okay. So I had this set designer that was raising in the sun in Clybourne park. And this set designer did everything that you'd think that he needed to do. And we were, we were competing at division two and we get to States. We had, you know, five or six state qualifiers. And this one set designer, every person that walked by his board was like, Oh my gosh, you're going to win. Oh my goodness. You've got such good stuff. You're, you know, you're like, I mean, and he learned, with me, you know, how to do a ground plan and how do we do it? Like he did a model. And I mean, you know, and this was a kid that he was a friend of a friend and just kind of like stuck around and then said, Hey, I want to be in the theater class. Hey, I want to be in production. I want to do tech theater. And then never left. Um, So we thought going into awards that year, we've we've got this down and they started calling people's names and then they got to number six and number five and four and three and hadn't called his name. And we're like, oh my gosh, this is his number one. And then he didn't get his name called <laughs> at all. And then, oh, it was deb- that was a really hard ride home. <laughs> so, tears, of, you know. And I mean, they didn't quit, you know. Uh, but I left that competition that year wondering why. Why did that just happen? Uh, you know, um, that particular year, the number one. Set design, individual. Uh, the ground plan was done in uh, map colors, and whoo, that that lit me up inside. Why is this happening? So I went to TXETA that next year um, and Summerfest and sat in the meetings. And uh, I wanted to be an advocate for my students. Um, at that point, um, I approached Rachel and said, "What can I do? You know, to help." Um, And she mentioned that there was a committee that would be meeting in the summer, so they have an advisory committee that meets. Um, So I've been on the advisory, state advisory committee for theatrical design for the last five years. And at that point, um, I started to make sure that it was fair. I started to make sure that it was equitable and to make sure that the standards that are being taught in the professional world and the standards that are being taught in the college world of design is what we're teaching and, and how we're judging this contest. So um, I want to say that there's maybe eight or nine of us that are, that have been, you know, in the past, like five or six years, we've gone, we've met every summer and we, we help Rachel um, compile the, or write the prompt. And we, you know, we, we put all that together. Like there's, you know, somebody that does the set. I mean, like we kind of split it up. Uh, amongst the group. So, um once I got that the justification pa- like once I truly understood that the justi- justification paper is is really like the core of the whole design, I started to see students that were more I mean like at that point then we were at state every year, you know, for the last 5 years and we've had you know state winners and people on on the stage and Um, And then this last year, like, with Rodgers, we had six that had medals, you know, by the end of it. And it was like, I know I have parents at the booster that was, that would come back and I think our, at the end of last year, my principal's response was, weren't we just supposed to dip our toes into the water? And I told him, I said, I told you you're going to get people. I don't know how many, but I'll get, I'll get them there. You know, as long as they're going to meet my effort and meet my energy. And they did. And we had more kids, um, get letterman jackets for the first time in the last 15 years at Rogers for theater, um, sophomores that were, you know, qualifiers. And, um, I think it's that justification paper. <laughs> it's that you gotta, you go back to the script, you have to justify it. If there is a line in the script that says this, then you can't argue with that. So, yeah, I've had kids, they don't know how to draw. Like, I, you know, last year, I, I think out of, out of the nine, I maybe had two that had drawn, illustrated before. So,
0: uh, that's good. I don't know I mean, if that answered your question. <laughs> no, that did. I I just, you know, I, I, I haven't really, uh, gotten a deep dive on theatrical design. Uh, I only did it a couple of years, uh, in my 13 years of teaching. It wasn't around at the beginning of my time teaching, but, mm-hmm. um, but I just, uh, yeah, I just never, um, I'm, it's not that I don't like it. It's just something that I never really got into partially because like you just said i didn't have i didn't always have students that are were artistically superior um and but the way you just described it it sounds like it is more it sounds like somebody that has more of that dramaturg uh turgy background um would maybe be more successful at it than just like somebody that's really good at design but doesn't pay too much attention to the details almost
1: i yes i have had the year that we did charlie in the chocolate factory i had um an art student um that was in jv and um man his his renderings were beautiful i'm you know i've there's only been a handful of kids that i have seen that that really, truly knew, like on the high school level, that really, truly knew how to do like Prisma colors. And I'm not, again, I'm not an art teacher. You know, I know the basic, like you, if you know principles of art and, uh, or principles of design and elements of art, then you can have a conversation about it. Um, That's the basic knowledge that you need. Um, There's no shame in tracing. There's no, until you learn how to, how to, you know, render. There's no shame in using digital work. If you don't know how to do Prisma, um, we've, I've had a sixth place winner that had, it was matte colors or colored pencils. Like it's not, I, what I do appreciate about the design is that the, um, the judges that she has that she brings in and some of them are the same, you know, that she's had for the last couple of years, but then a, a lot of them are different. Um, from all walks of life, like some of the judges for this contest have been theater teachers and are now doing other things or still theater teachers. Some of them are professionals and some of them are like college level professors. They all understand that every person in you know, every competitor is coming from a different background, a different story. And you have, I mean, like the year that we had COVID and the year after, that was really difficult Um, because people were at home and they couldn't do makeup design, Uh, you know, they couldn't have different uh, actors. Um, So they, there's nothing saying that you can't do it on yourself, you know, Um, just to show the idea um, and, and articulate, you know, whatever your design ideas are, your concept. So I think what, because I guess the justification paper is the only thing that isn't really released you know um so that that year after Clyborne park and raising in the sun that was the only thing that I could think of that that caused this student not to place
0: right
1: so that's what I went back to and I looked at okay how good is this paper you know um and, and when I say how good is the paper it's not how well it's written how is it articulated well is it you know is it justified and that's you know I've That's what I started focusing on, you know, when I teach this in class um, is you've got to do the script analysis. You cannot just i mean, with Charlie in the Chocolate Factory, that that student, the art student, he I don't I don't think he ever read the script. Uh, So he's trying to, you know, trying to make this design look right. But then it's like, but why? What's the answer to the why? And the why has to be there. Like that, that's a large chunk of the rubric is
0: the why. So I want to get you out of here on this. Um, You, you know, early in the conversation, you mentioned why you were contemplating leaving and, or why you did leave and all that kind of stuff. Uh, You don't need to speak on your situation, but what I do want you to do is, and we already sort of touched on this earlier about like, why is this happening? But focus on the advice side so if somebody's struggling, uh, right now it's October, they, <laughs> you know, they're, they're barely into the year, right? Yeah. Yes. Right. So then, okay. Then talk to yourself, you know, like, like, you know, what type of you're, you are a wise and mature enough person to kind of, you know, see this thing from the outside looking in, even if it is your own experience. Um, but Give some sort of advice, maybe focus on younger teachers or older. I don't care. It's your advice. Um, and uh, uh, talk about sort of, you know, give, give that football coach pep talk at halftime. You know, you're down three touchdowns and you want your team to come back to win. What What is it that you can provide to sort of pep that that teacher up?
1: I think number one is take care of yourself first it's like when you fly that's the first thing that they say is put your own mask on before you help somebody else and I'm grateful for the people in my lifetime that have seen me struggling and and not necessarily asked like hey how you doing you know do you need help because that Like, when you're in the thick of it, you're going to, you don't see that. You don't hear it. So I think before it gets bad, uh, I think you've got to put on your own mask. I go go to therapy three times a week. We have, uh, I mean, I don't go to therapy. I go to therapy once a week. And my youngest son, he deals with anxiety. And um, he goes to therapy. And then we have couples therapy. So there's no shame in that um there are i mean like i started seeing this therapist um when i was going through the biggest hurdles at temple um because it was through the school so there are there i, I want to say the first like 6 or 7 were free there's no reason that you shouldn't reach out and say hey i need somebody to listen to it's somebody that is subjective somebody that's got your back that has you you know, number one in mind, if you can't have you in mind and, and that, you know, that's put on your mask. Um, and just to talk, just to have somebody, you know, that's neutral ground to talk to. Um, also, I mean, like, it's really hard on your family at home if you're constantly griping about work. So you've got to find, I mean, whether that's go get a coffee before you walk in the house or go, you know, go for a walk or what, whatever that is, you've got to find time for yourself that, that replenishes the bucket. If the bucket is dry, the kids are going to take everything you've got that you're willing to give. But if you don't have anything left to give, you know, you've got to refill it somewhere, somehow. I go, so I'm i teaching teaching this year I started teaching theatrical design clinics. And, uh, at the end of the day, it's a fundraiser for my department. Um, we need to go to, we're going to the Texas thespians for the first time and it's an expensive bill. And, uh, I tried to figure out, you know, there's only so many beef sticks and popcorn bags you can sell. <laughs> um, so, I, I brainstormed and tried to figure out like, how else can we get money? You know, how else can we brainstorm or I'm sorry, how else can we, you know, uh, fundraise? And, um, somebody, I went to Summerfest and somebody asked me, uh, I think Frisco ISD approached me and said, Hey, do you, do you teach clinics? Do you teach workshops? And I know a good friend of mine, um, also does theatrical, uh, design clinics, Mindy at Stevenville. And I didn't want to take like her. I mean, like I don't want to take away from her, um, but man, I, that replenishes my bucket. I can't even explain how much that, I mean, like I'm also helping my department, but like personally, because I'm into theatrical design so much and I could talk about Town. like this year we're talking about Hadestown, um, and, and we can have, there are so many enriching com- conversations at the clinics that I'm having, that that replenishes the bucket for me, you know. So, um, I, yeah, I would definitely say reach out, um, look into the therapy, you know, look into having that person that you can go to that that has your back, you know, that you can talk to. Um, I think you, they've got people online now. I mean, you know, that um, you can you don't have to actually go in, um, but also then find whatever that is that that you man, just light your, light your world on fire, and I think, like, for me, it's theatrical design, um, I love the relationship, you know, the friendship that I've, that I've gained with the friends, you know, so, like, going to Summerfest, going to Texas Thespians, like, for me, going to conventions, so I can have those conversations with people that are like-minded, with people that understand what i'm going through you know please 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 maestro you know rick garcia's maestro training like that all of that like do all of that because that you know camp on the coast any anything like that i I would suggest picking up at least once a year so you can go and you know in in an intellectual way i i feel like it's really good place. If you get there with the kids and you can have an intellectual conversation with those students, it's like, yes, that's, that's, you know, at the top, that's these kids are teaching each other. That's where you want to go. But if you're not in that place, you got to reach out for it. You got to find your friends, you know, find your, your Blake's <laughs> that you can see every once in a while, you know, once a year uh, at convention
0: um, or a competition. So this happens a lot. This is when I thought I had ended the conversation with Alicia, but We kept chatting and she realized, you know, I have some more things to say. And so I rolled tape. So here's the real end of our chat.
1: So I think the main thing that I learned about my experience uh, over the last two and a half years of leaving a job and I'm not someone that walks away from a job easily. I'm not someone that quits. Um, especially in the middle of the year. Um, I think the world has your back. And at the end of the day, sometimes we don't know what's coming for us. And you have to, it's like stepping stones. You have to take these steps in order to get there. And I wish I had known that. Uh, That would have been more comforting like when it was going on in the thick of it. That I'm, I have to, the only way out is through. And that got me through a lot of hard times Mm -hmm. in the past two and a half years. And uh, in more ways, you know, with my career, with my job and at home, um, you know, we were in a position where my son was not in a good state mental health wise, and he doesn't live with us anymore. Um, that's been two years of things that people don't talk about at all. I mean, you're talking about burnout, you know, we don't talk about that. We know it's happening, but we don't talk about the why. And with the mental health, you know, people don't talk about that at all. So, I mean, that really, like, the only way out is through most of the time. And especially with people that deal with anxiety, if you put it off and you put it off and you put it off, that's not helping anything. I mean, like, I wished I had known that like two years ago. I wish I had known that my entire life that, you know, with anxiety, if I put it off, then it's not, I'm just delaying the inevitable. You know, you have to deal with it. You have to face it head on and you got to be honest with yourself. So sometimes you're going to take a job that you don't that you're not qualified for, or sometimes you're going to take a job that it's just not the right fit, and it's perfectly okay. It's totally okay to admit or to say, you know what, this is just a stepping stone to get me to somewhere that I'm supposed to be. I was only supposed to be here for a chapter in my life. Minor Wisdom!